morning, everyone. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, welcoming you to Prairie Dog Radio. I'm the executive director of the Healing Wars Foundation, and I am filling in today as the Prairie Dog Radio host. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. That's 605-692-1430. With us today to answer our medical questions is Dr. Sarah Mariquin. Dr. Mariquin is a surgeon at Avera Medical Group Specialty Care in Brookings. Good morning, Dr. Mariquin. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing good. So, Dr. Mariquin, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, where you came from. You've been in Brookings, I just heard, two and a half years, so not a whole long. Almost two years. Okay. Yep. So, what's your background and where did you come from? Um, so I came from Oregon originally. That's where I did medical school. Um, but most recently, we moved from Sioux Falls. Um, I did all my surgical training in Sioux Falls before moving down here to Brookings. So a little different than Oregon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> uh, I, I know that uh, we tell we had some friends move from Missouri this year, and they were commenting about the winter. And, like, it's been a long winter. Like this, this was year. a longer winter than normal. Yes. Yes, I well, agree. And they were just like, well, now we're going to think uh, any winter is better than this winter. And I was like, well, that's the way to think about it. Yeah. So I, I am glad to see the sun is shining today. And uh, maybe the wind will die down enough that people can enjoy being outside. So Yes. Yeah. So, Dr. Mariquin, uh Recently, uh, I know maybe some people saw you driving a pink tractor around the hospital, which is probably not on your usual to-do list every day. Not usually. But but with that, I know that uh, you guys got a Savvy Scout Surgical Guidance System. What what is that? Yes. Um, So... This is a system to help facilitate with breast cancer surgery, specifically um, breast conserving surgery. Um, So which would be called lumpectomies or excisional biopsies of breast masses. Um, It's the same system that's essentially used Avera-wide throughout the entire Avera system. So um, we're trying to make breast cancer standardized. So whatever Avera facility you go to, you get the exact same standard of care, which is important for our patients. Um, So this allows us to be able to do the, the same type of surgeries in Brookings as you would get in Sioux Falls. So patients previously would have had to gone to Sioux Falls to use this kind of technology then? Yes. Yep. Okay. What does that do for us here in Brookings? Uh, I, I assume that, I mean, we're a smaller town. I, I think sometimes we forget, like, we're still a rural community here. Mm-hmm. And that we, uh, and the hospital here serves quite a few communities around us as well. How is this helping us as a town? I think this is helping us as a town and also our surrounding um, areas because now patients can essentially do the majority of their care for breast cancer in in Brookings and they don't have to go to Sioux Falls. Um, The beauty of breast cancer is that the majority of the time we get to find it early because we have such good screening technology now. Um, So a lot of the times surgery is is the treatment of choice and the first treatment you get. So this allows me to be able to provide that service here in Brookings um, without having the patient basically do multiple travels to um, Sioux Falls. And also because, you know, we've had so many good um, technological advancements in surgery and medicine. Um, I also am able to um, allow the patient to still participate in all of the 
uh, a Vera treatment they would get in Sioux Falls, such as the breast cancer navigators and the same oncologist, as well as being able to be discussed at their uh, interdisciplinary um, tumor board that we have weekly. So I still am able to participate in all of that, and the patient gets to stay home the entire time. So we're just talking about... um being able to stay closer to your hometown, not having even that financial barrier of having to drive to Sioux Falls all the time. Yes. But even the emotional one to have the support system of your family and everything that's right here in your hometown to be able to do those things. So before you get to the to use the Savvy Scout system, we're talking mammograms first, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you go in for your, what's the recommendation for mammograms? Um, so it is recommended to get a screening mammogram yearly starting at age 40. Okay. Um, and so usually um, most breast cancer lesions are found on a screening mammogram. Um, once a lesion is found on a screening mammogram, then um, after that, usually you do need more imaging, including a diagnostic mammogram and sometimes an ultrasound. Okay. So let's say someone has gone, they've got a mammogram, and it's abnormal. Their next, and they've done their more imaging, mm-hmm. what's their next step? So the next step after that is to get a biopsy by the radiologist to determine what that abnormality is. You know, a lot of times it's not cancer. It could be a precancer lesion or a high-risk lesion, which is basically a non-cancer lesion that makes you at high risk of uh, developing breast cancer in the future. Um, but at times it is also breast cancer. So the tissue diagnosis really determines what to do next. We're going to go to our first break here shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Merriquin is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. So, Dr. Merriquin, we're talking about this savvy scout system. They've gone in, they've found the, they've biopsied the tumor, it's cancerous. What does this procedure entail? Um, So the next step is to place the Savvy Scout, which is essentially a little marker that's about the size of a grain of rice that is inserted into the the tumor. Um, This allows for multiple things. Um, It allows for for me to be able to find this tumor in the operating room very easily using the technology, Um, but it also allows us to track what is happening with the tumor with imaging if the patient for some reason needs to have chemotherapy first before surgery. Um. So this uh, that they inject in, I'll say in looking at today's interview, like it's like a small grain of rice and it looked like a needle was essentially into the tumor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then uh, can you talk about why using this technology is better? Like how is this better than what we were previously doing? Um, so I think there's a few ways that it is better. First, it's more accurate. So prior to this, um, we used what was called a wire localization um, to be able to do breast conserving therapy. Um, and so that would be having the radiologist place a wire right before surgery that poked out of the skin. Um, unfortunately, those can get dislodged. And I just read an article that said about 20% of specimens that are taken out with wire localization actually don't even ha contain the tumor because it's been dislodged so much. So not very accurate or good for surgical um, you know, treatment. And so this system allows you to directly pinpoint where the mass is and be able to take it out with a significantly better um, you know, average of getting the entire mass out uh, on the first try. What's the benefit for, because um, this is what you spoke about earlier, is a, is a breast conserving surgery. So why is that better for people? So um, I think there's, it's not for everyone. So the when you talk about surgery for breast cancer, really you talk about breast conserving therapy. So that means the, the woman gets to keep their own breast, but you just take out the portion that has the cancer in it versus a mastectomy where they actually take off the entire breast. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you can't do breast conserving therapy, but the vast majority of the time you can. I think it is better in overall for the patient because it's a, it's a much significantly smaller uh, incision, so it's a smaller surgery, um, as well as um, from an emotional and social standpoint, you get to keep your breast and get to feel whole still. Um, when you look at data to re in regards to what's better in terms of cancer recurrence or treatment of the cancer, and they found that they are, they are equal um, in, in, in the treatment, which is nice that you can keep the breast and still get the exact same uh, results as if you took off the whole breast. Uh, when I was reading about it today, it was interesting that they were talking about this was better um, for you as surgeons because when they're doing um, like your mammogram and they're looking at um, imaging and stuff like that, you're standing up. But then when you lay down the tumor and everything, it, it, it's obviously different. It is. It can definitely change a lot when you're laying down in the operating room versus in the mammogram. And that is actually a really good point to bring up with the savvy seat. It really doesn't matter what position you're in because the instrument, we use essentially a probe that can tell me to like two millimeters where the seat is at. Um, so it doesn't really matter what position you are, we can get an accurate um, you know, location. Sure. And when it's done, obviously, the tumor comes out and then mm -hmm. the savvy seed comes out as well with it. Right, because it will be inside the tumor. So I ideally should never actually see the savvy seed with my own eyes because it will be in the tumor that I take out. But what we do um, in the operating room before we wake up the patient is we take an x-ray of it to make sure that seed is in the specimen to make sure we got the whole specimen out. Uh, I was reading to you about the, there's a tumor board Yes. What's, what is the tumor board? Um, so the tumor board is a multidisciplinary team of doctors. So it has the breast surgeons, um, the oncologists, um, which do like all the uh, chemotherapy and medicines, then the radiation oncologists, which talk about the radiation, as long with the pathologist, um, the genetics counselor, um, the radiologists who actually do all the imaging and biopsies, um, and then the cancer navigators, which help patients kind of navigate through the system. So we all meet every Wednesday, um, and we discuss every patient that we have that has breast cancer. Um, so they have um, 
a meeting on Wednesdays for Sioux Falls and Brookings, and then they have a meeting on Thursdays for um, you know Mitchell, Aberdeen, Marshall, all the other surrounding Averas. And, and basically the whole group comes together, we discuss each patient and the treatment plan, and then we come to a concession, concession on the treatment plan um, for the patient. So it allows us all to kind of discuss the case and make sure we're doing you know, the, the optimal care for each patient. So definitely a team project Yes. to make sure that um, patients are getting their best care with all these yes. things. So for the savvy system, is it only early stage breast cancer? Um, sometimes. So okay. the majority of the time, yes, it's usually early stage. Um, and luckily, most breast cancers are early stage. Sometimes, though, even with late stage, they will put the savvy seed in so that we can use it as a marker um, on imaging um, to see how the tumor is responding if you need chemotherapy or radiation without surgery. Okay. So what are the risks and benefits from doing something like this? Um, you know, it's a very low-risk procedure. They actually put in the, the scout little savvy seed um, the same way they would do the biopsy. So there's no anesthesia. Um, it's just an outpatient biopsy with radiology. They usually use a little numbing medicine, and that's it. Um, the big risk would be uh, like bleeding, which is very, very low risk. Um, so very low risk procedure overall to get the seed placed. Okay. Um, and then surgically from a, a risk of a lumpectomy or the breast conserving therapy, also very low risk surgery because it's small incision. We're just taking out the tumor, which is usually is just like a golf ball size of tissue or smaller. Um, so there's really only the risk of bleeding, which is also very low risk. And so with this surgery and the savvy seed, you're able to better pinpoint to get all of the tumor, I assume? Yes. Is it like it just a better percentage then for you as a surgeon to be able to do all those things with this technology? Yes, I think so. You just get a better sample and, and, and make sure you're getting the correct area. Because as you said, it can change a lot just with patient's position. Yeah. It is time for us to go on our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like to, uh, for us to address. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale and Dr. Mariquin is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. So we're talking a lot about breast cancer, but that's not all you do. No, no, not at all. So... Uh, over at Brookings Health System, what other surgeries do you uh, typically see in a month over there? Um, so we do a lot of scopes, such as colonoscopies and upper endoscopies for acid reflux or GI bleeds of, of that sort. Um, but we also do a lot of um, gallbladder surgeries, um, quite a few this last month, actually. Um, hernia surgeries. Um, I use the robot for 
essentially all hernia surgeries and gallbladders. Um, and we've been doing a lot of appendectomies. Um, we also do um, like pilonidal cystectomies, hemorrhoid surgeries, you name it, we'll so probably it's do a, it. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of things happening over there. Yes. So let's let's start with colonoscopy. What's the recommended, when are we supposed to be starting to do these things? Um, so they have changed it. So they recommend starting screening at age 45. Okay. Or um, it would be earlier if you have a first degree relative that has um, colon cancer or rectal cancer, then we recommend if, you know, if they were diagnosed at 30, then you should get... 10 years before that so you should get at 20 if that makes sense okay. so 10 years before your earliest or 45. when you're getting a colonoscopy what what are you looking for as the surgeon that is signaling that there might be a problem or by the time it gets to you what are you what are you looking for so um so the big things when i do a colonoscopy i always tell everyone preoperatively um is first i want to see the entire colon so the scope goes up all the way to where your colon meets your small intestines that's called the cecum and then i'm slowly looking back for anything abnormal the big things would be polyps but masses or lesions or inflammation um if there's any polyps i i take them out which is the treatment um anything abnormal i always biopsy um just to make sure it's it's nothing. Um, the vast majority of the time, we find polyps, which are basically like little precancerous growths within the colon. Okay. The treatment is to take them out, which nicely you can diagnose and treat at the same time with a colonoscopy. Okay. Do you see, um, as people age, do you see more when they get older, or is it just you, genetic? Or I, you know, it's very variable. I think it. Okay. I think it's a lot more to do with genetics than it has to do with age. Because I, I mean. Even yesterday, I did a colonoscopy on someone who was in their 70s. They had no polyps. I did colonoscopy on someone in their 40s, and they had multiple polyps. So it's okay. it's really variable. Okay. Uh, gallbladders. I have had my gallbladder removed. Uh, and I will say for myself, like, um, I went years with it being – I was younger. Uh, yeah. In my early 30s, but it had I had had trouble, trouble in my 20s. And um, different states, different doctors. Yes. Not necessarily the age frame for a gallbladder, but a, a history in, our, in my family to have that. Oh, sure. Uh, I know that gallbladder surgery has changed dramatically in the last 20 years. Yes. Uh, I uh, I know my parents ha both have had theirs out, and it was like open up, remove type thing, and mine wasn't. No, mine was here at the hospital. Tell us about gallbladder surgery. Um, so we do not open people up for gallbladder yeah, surgery thank anymore. Goodness. I don't think I ever have. <laughs> um, we do um, robotic surgery now for gallbladder. So small incisions, usually four small incisions that are about a centimeter, uh, and it's all. Um, you know, with small instruments and a camera. So you blow the belly up with air, find the gallbladder, which is right under the liver in the right upper quadrant, um, and then basically clip it off of its main bile duct and peel it off the liver. Um, it's really nice with the robot that we can use infrared light. Um, so we can actually give patients what's called endocyanine green dye within their IV, and it gets excreted through the bile system. So when we are in there we can switch the light and be able to see the entire bile structures um so we have the anatomy and it's like bright green lights up um really great to make the surgery much more safe because the biggest risk with gallbladder surgery is that you're going to injure that bile duct system which okay. can be a huge deal if it occurs so luckily 
you know, with the invention of the robot and the endocytin and green, it's a really safe surgery. So it's an outpatient surgery now and usually just takes a half an hour. Technology is pretty amazing. Yeah. Robotic surgery. So gallbladder is one that you do. Mm-hmm. What other ro- do you use a robotic um, surgery for? So umbilical hernias, um, inguinal hernias, really hernias anywhere on the body. Um, okay. The robot is, is much better than laparoscopic in the ability to be able to sew. Um, you know, every once in a while we still need to do opens, but for more complex, I think the robot um, is the key to that. Other surgeries would be like colon surgeries. If you needed your colon out for some reason, uh, usually it's for colon cancer or diverticulitis. The robot is really great with that as well. And we have this here in Brookings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like there's um, technology is becoming such a bigger part of surgery now? I, I do think so. Um, it, but in a in a good way. Um, I'm still doing the surgery. You know, the surgeon still has to do the surgery, right. even with the robot. But this just allows you to be able to do the surgery more precise with smaller incisions, um, which I think is, is key. And I'm sure it helps with recovery time. Oh, yeah, All those kind of things yeah. like that. So Decreased pain, decreased, you know, loss of work for patients, being able to go home, not using as much narcotic pain meds. That's also a big goal is to try to not use them if you don't need them. Just been nice. So gallbladders and colonoscopies, things that we all have to think about as we get older. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what other things do you typically, not even typically, are there any unique things that you feel like you've been seeing or have seen here uh, as a surgeon here lately? Um, you know, other things I have seen frequently are like pilonidal cysts, um, which are um, kind of like can be cysts on the back of your bottom. Um, a lot of different hemorrhoids and, and abscesses, skin cancer. Um, I've taken out quite a few skin cancers lately and, and all varieties. So melanoma versus squamous cell versus basal cell um, as well. And really like lumps and bumps, which would be like lipomas or masses in the skin, cysts. Um, you know, some of these things I can do in clinic, which is nice um, in the procedure room there. Some of them you have to do in the operating room. Uh, what is your favorite part about being a surgeon? Oh, I think my favorite part about being a surgeon is being able to, uh, you know, take a patient into surgery, fix what's ever wrong, and then afterwards they feel significantly better. So it's like you're still able to do medicine with your hands, um, which, you know, sometimes with like diabetes or hypertension, it's like, here, try this medication and see what happens in four weeks. Here it's like a tangible thing you fix immediately. Plus, surgery is really fun. <laughs> what what got you into surgery? I, it's years. I, I have a brother who's a surgeon, and it's not it's not a small commitment to education. It's no, a- <laughs> yeah, it did take me I think fourteen years to get from you know high school when you graduate sure. to to working, um, but it was worth it. Yeah, so um, I picked surgery I think because of those reasons. You know, you can fix people immediately. Operating's fun. Yeah. Yeah. What is, do you have a, I don't know if you can have a favorite type of surgery, but <laughs> is there one that you, in, like, you feel like is the most rewarding one that you do? Um, you know, each one I feel like is pretty rewarding when, you know, even us, even the smallest, like just taking out a little lipoma, if it's really bothering someone and you take it out and they're like so much, you know, so much happier and feel so much better, even the small ones are, are rewarding. 
I do like take it out gallbladder, so that's one of my favorite <laughs> surgeries. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I find that really amazing that they're the, with the dye and everything, and, yeah. then, and they're able to do that. So with the robot one, I assume like there's cameras that go in too, or how does that work? to be able to see inside and do all that stuff. Yes, so um, so one of, basically put what's called little ports inside the, that's what the small incisions are okay. from, um, are little ports. And so you, one of the port has a, a small camera that goes through it. So that's how I see everything. And then the other three um, are arms. So it actually allows me to have the capability of having three arms instead of two arms to operate. Okay. Which is nice too. Training wise, is this something that, um, has been going on long enough that you saw this in medical school or is this something that you have to go now obviously it's probably being updated continuously it is so with um, robotics I did not see it in medical school but I was trained with it in residency in Sioux Falls Um, so we did a lot of robotic surgery in residency Um, and then afterwards um, before we got the robot because we we didn't get the robot right when I was here um, it came after. I did do robotic training um, in Texas, actually. Okay. Um, to just make sure I honed my skills before we started. Um, I think I'm lucky because I just came out of residency, so we had the robot. But many surgeons that are even like five or ten years older than me probably didn't get any training for s- of this in their training, so they've had to go back and, and learn it. Do you feel like the medical field is moving a lot more towards that, using robotics yes. more towards those things? Yeah, so. I think eventually almost all surgery will be robotic, except for, you know, like breast cancer surgery or, sure. or skin cancer surgery, things like that. But, yeah. It's time for us to go for our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in with your questions at 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Be aware, with warmer weather, you may find ticks. Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdell, and Dr. Marquin is here for us to answer your medical questions today. So before we wrap up today, what do you want people to know about surgery? I know for a lot of people, it's scary, right? Like no matter, is very scary. Yeah, no, ma- no matter what is happening, um, it, it is sometimes scary. What should we know about it in general? Um, so I think... Some of the more important things about surgery is, you know, luckily we are able to do a lot more surgery that's, we can do a lot with small incisions, so it's a lot less invasive to the patient. So I know it's really scary to go under anesthesia and then you're expected to wake up with a lot of, you know, pain, Um, but luckily I think with technology we have been able to make that a lot better experience. Uh, And, you know, I think the benefit of having the robot here in Brookings and the savvy scout system here in Brookings as well is, Um, now you can stay at home and have your family and support system here at home, which is also, I think, a huge benefit when you're going through surgery to have someone there to to help you get through it. 
So lots of focus on making sure you're going to your primary care physician to get these checkups. Yes. So that way, and then when you get to those ages where you're talking about colonoscopy and all those kind of things, that you're having these procedures so that way it prevents uh, something that could be even worse later on down the line. Yes. I know everyone says colonoscopies are not fun because the bowel prep, I will not sugarcoat it, (laughs) is not fun. But, you know... If I take out three polyps for you, those three polyps in 10 years would be colon cancer. So it's really important and worth the one day of the bathroom fun. (laughs) It's worth it. And so uh, in regards to like um, if someone doesn't do that and it does develop to colon cancer, what what is that step that you could have avoided by coming in to do those surgeries? Colon cancer, what's the... It, I assume, way more invasive than just a colonoscopy. Oh, yes. And, you know, it depends on where, where it would be at, you know, um, and, and if it's spread. Um, so colon cancer, is, it can be pretty serious if it's spread, and, and the first places it spreads are the liver and the lungs. Um, and then the, if colon surgery is a pretty invasive surgery, depending on, on where it's at in the colon. So um, if you can prevent having to go through that, it's worth it. Uh, so, Dr. Merrick, we did get a question here, okay. and I'm going to ask it just so uh, uh, a listener, when taking supplements, is it better to take them individually or in one gulp? Lots of questions. In um, You know, it really depends on what the supplements are uh, and then what medications, like prescription medications you're taking as well. So some prescription medications you need to take on empty stomach. Some of them you need to take with food. Uh, Supplements are kind of the same way with that. So it would be very variable to paste on what they were. I would recommend if you do take supplements, you should bring them to your primary care appointments and show them because sometimes those supplements interact with your medicines. And if we don't know you're taking them, um, that could not, that could result in something bad. Absolutely. Dr. Evans was talking about, she had a Um, hypertension show a little while ago and she said you know one of her main things is we just need to make sure your medicines aren't interacting with each other before we see a problem so before we go please be sure to tune in to south dakota public broadcasting television and the prairie doc facebook page for on call with the prairie doc most thursdays starting at 7 p.m central tomorrow may 2nd we will be airing a new live on call with the prairie doc with host Dr. Andrew Ellsworth. And I said the date wrong there. It's May 4th. I'm losing it. We finally hit May here. So Dr. Ellsworth is joined by Dr. Scott Bowens from Sanford Family Medicine and Dr. Shelby Eichens from Avera Medical Group Brookings. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. This coming Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for the Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcasts. My thanks to Dr. Merrickland for joining us today, and as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. Uh-huh.